session 26 we're going to cover the last portions of this master cycle as we went through everything in the past couple of sessions let's start first part we're going to cover those last bits of information that were left from Don asking the end of the master cycle all the things that had to do with the confederation the Orion group influencing humanity and we're now getting into the last couple of hundred years of our era and getting close to now so in this first part we're going to cover all those things and then in part two we're going to cover the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombing which it has some pretty good information about what the Confederation actually did back then but we're going to cover that in part two also because this is the last session in the original book format meaning that this was the last session in book one before going into book two um, there is some information at the end that it's switched over or around and I kind of manage it in a way that it makes sense for the raw contact version that I'm using to create the series. So you're gonna see that information next week um, and explain it why you know I did what I did and it's just gonna make sense then. And that's basically it. We're gonna cover all of that and we are going to start with the session. Now I excluded the first three questions because again it had to do with um, Carla and there was, I'm just gonna, because I think it's just um, entertaining to see how some of the answers were uh, made by Ra. So even though I didn't include him here, I'm just gonna read it from, uh, from, the, uh, from the text itself. Just because it's, it's, I find it funny actually. I gotta be honest, <laughs> I do find it funny. So the first question that Don asks is, the first question is that, is any of the changing of what we have done here for the instrument going to affect communication of the instrument in any way? Have we set up here all right? And Ra says, this is correct. Now this is coming from a um, uh, some alterations that they did from the past session. And Don was asking if everything was fine, you know, for, for the rock contact. And they say, yeah, this is correct. And then Don says, and you mean that everything is satisfactory for continued communication? And they say, we meant that the changes affect this communication. <laughs> so um, yeah, it wasn't very clear. And then Don continues and says, should we discontinue this communication because of these changes or should we continue? And Ra says, you may do as you wish. However, we would be unable to use the instrument at this space-time nexus without these modifications. Um, again, I, I just wanted to read that out because it does show how they, uh, they're very careful to give information about anything, especially when they're asked if they should do something like, you know, should I do something? They say, well, hey, that's not my call, that's yours. So it's really up to you. Uh, but in any case, we won't be able to use this instrument without the modifications that they did. So anyhow, just wanted to read that to you. All right, so now we're gonna go into the real meat of this uh, session. And when Don is asking the first question that I have here, moving on to this, Don says, Assuming that it's all right to continue, we're down to the last 3,000 years of this present cycle. And I was wondering if the law of one in either written or spoken form has been made available within this 
past 3000 years in any complete way such as we are doing now. Is it available in any other source? And Ra says, there is no possibility of a complete source of information of the law of one in this density. However, certain of your writings passed to you as your so-called holy works have portions of this law. Now, this is something that we see a lot whenever they refer to the law of one being transmitted here. Uh, because of the nature of the law of one, the perspective and everything, and this goes with every density actually, because the law of one is something that even though it bathes all densities, it's only fully understood uh, beyond this density, of course, and uh, mostly in sixth density. But the point is that uh, when, whenever the law of one is being transmitted into uh, to our density, it's it's not in its in its full form. It's only an approximation. There's only uh, uh, sort of like a reference to what it is. It's almost like trying to explain what source is. It's really hard for us to comprehend this, um, and that's why in say uh, Eastern philosophy, it's impossible to describe that which is the Tao, say, or Zen. It's not possible to describe in words. It's not even um, easy to kind of explain it. So in the same way, you know, this is the law of one here. And I think there are so many parallels with all our philosophies in the past. And yeah, I just wanted to make that uh, distinction there. So the holy works, however, it's going to make Don ask the next question because uh, Ra was saying that some of the law of one was there. So Don says, does the Bible as we know it have portions of this law in it? Ra says, this is correct. Don says, can you tell me if the Old Testament has any of the law of one? And Ra says, this is correct. And now Don says, which has more of the law of one in it, the Old Testament or the New Testament? Ra says, withdrawing from each of the collections of which you speak, the portions having to do with the law of one, the content is approximately equal. However, the so-called Old Testament has a larger amount of negatively influenced material, as you would call it. So, right off the bat, they're saying that the Old Testament has uh, a large amount of negatively influenced material. Why? My speculation is because the Old Testament has a lot of people, a lot of people writing it and all the situations happening um, at that time where the Old Testament was written, all those stories has a lot of um, influence by negative uh, material, say. And uh, that has to do with the nature of channeling and things that happen and how humans react to these type of uh, apparitions and thought forms and channelings themselves or, um, say, visions and so on. So I think it has to do with the amount of people that were there in uh, writing this Old Testament, whereas the New Testament is basically all of Jesus and his disciples. So it's, it's clear to see why the Old Testament would have a lot of negatively influenced material. And of course, we don't have to be uh, theologists to know that the Old Testament is actually charged or loaded with a lot of that uh, old Yahweh or the 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 Orion Yahweh, if you remember from session uh, 16, 24, we also talked about it, and session uh, 16, 18, and 24. So if you haven't, go watch about Yahweh and you'll see why the Orion group had this 
manipulation over the um, uh, humanity at that time, which is the Old Testament. So, all right, just wanted to make a point there. Next question is Don saying, which has more of the law of one in it, the Old Testament or the New Testament? And Ra says, we prefer that this be left to the discretion of those who seek the law of one. We are not speaking in order to judge. Such statements would be construed by some of those who may read this material as judgmental. We can only suggest a careful reading and inward digestion of the contents. The understandings will become obvious. If I could take anything uh, from this is, and I'll talk about this in the conclusions of this video, is that um, Ra is very careful, or they are very careful, to give information that can create a sort of idea of how we should see things. Specifically here, knowing that a percentage has, say, a percentage of something is negative, you will start, um, it's going to change your perception. And they're always careful not to change perception, uh, say, in Don and the group, but also us who are reading the material now. We are a product of that channeling, a lot of us. And um, so they're very careful not to do this because they know the repercussions of doing this back in Egypt and all the mess that we have now because of what they did. Um, and again, it's not its not that they're, it's their fault, but it's just their influence and the distortions that they cause, what they're trying to, um, to mend now. So uh, you see this a lot in the material, and I think there's so much power into reading this to know that this is something that uh, it's, it's important to keep in mind. And they always suggest that the understandings will become obvious once you read it and you interpret it. There is something also, I'm gonna invite you, of course, to uh, don't miss part two because they're gonna end on something uh, that is, it's, it's so poetic that I love it. But that again is going to be in part two when we end this session and first book, like I said before. So uh, really, really important is, I usually geek out on some of the information that seems irrelevant to, uh, to the book, but I, I, I think it's because there's so much meaning into it. And that is the interpretation that, give, that we give to things. We are uh, very accustomed to give interpretations to things and give power to that. So again, part two, we're gonna cover some of that. Let's just go back and track and continue with the material where Don says, has Ra communicated with any of our population in this century, in the last, say, 80 years? And they say, we have not. Don says, has the law of one been communicated within the past 80 years by any other source to an entity in our population? Ra says, the ways of one have seldom been communicated, although there are rare instances in the previous 80 of your years, as you measure time. There have been many communications from four density due to the drawing towards the harvest to four density. These are the ways of universal love and understanding. The other teachings are reserved for those whose depth of understanding, if you will excuse the misnomer, recommend and attract such further communication. I think it's so cool um, the way they use understanding and then they say, uh, sorry to use this misnomer because you are not in a position of understanding. 
Uh, I think they've said it in the past sessions or they say in the future, but they always make uh, emphasis saying that understanding is not of this density. Understanding is not of, uh, it's not for us. And it, this goes back to what I was talking about previous when they don't give information uh, on certain things because we don't understand. We're not here to understand. We're here to just live and feel and have our own discernment. It's okay. We're not being judged. We're not being tested. It's just a matter of us blooming. There is no testing in a flower as it blooms. There is no, wow, this one is good. This one is bad. Uh, this one is missing some petals. This one has uh, whatever. You know, there is no judgment there. It just blooms. It doesn't care. It just happens. That's us humans. We are supposed to be that. But for the past 10,000 years or so, we have been in this intellectual uh, mentality and very male-oriented, organized, that we need to understand everything. Our science speaks and actually reeks of that. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool to, uh, to mention. Um, the other thing is that they're saying that Yes, there have been uh, communication from four density because how we are near the harvest period. So there is, um, I would say, a thinning of the veil that we have between third and four density as we're vibrating already in four density uh, frequencies. So this is very impactful in the communications that have been happening, but not so much the law of one or the ways of one as they have said it. Uh, it's more just this brotherhood communication between Ford and third density and I think that's pretty cool so the last thing that I'm gonna mention that I forgot to say is that uh, Carlo is still a little sick and they make her cough uh, a couple of times and I skipped one question also where there was miscommunication there between uh, Don and Ra but you're gonna see that the questions actually skip uh, now and then so just wanted to say that all right let's go back to the next question where Don says, Did the Confederation then step up its program of helping planet Earth sometimes? Sometime late in the last major cycle? It seems that they did from the previous data, especially with the Industrial Revolution. Can you tell me the attitudes and reasonings behind this step up? Is there any reason other than that they just wanted to produce more leisure time in the last, say, 100 years of the cycle? Is this the total reason? Ross says, this is not the total reason. Approximately 200 of your years in the past, as you measure time, there began to be a significant amount of entities who, by seniority, were incarnating for learned teaching purposes, rather than for the lesser of the learned teachings of those less aware of the process. This was our signal to enable communication to take place. So couple of things to remember here and it's the industrial revolution remember from session 11 if you haven't watched go watch that it's gonna make more sense as to how they influence the industrial revolution in this case and Don is asking from that previous material if there was another reason why aside from leisure time that it was supposed to be for us if there was another reason and uh, Ra says yes there was uh, another reason and this one can get a little bit complicated if you don't uh, read it thoroughly when they say that um, uh, there begin to be a significant amount of entities who by seniority were incarnating for learned teaching purposes. Now, in one of the sessions, I forgot which one it was, we were talking about uh, the, um, the incarnation process and priorities that 
exists towards the end of a cycle where those who need just um, the least amount of, um, say, learnings to ascend into fourth and so on, they were given priority by seniority. That's their seniority. So in essence, what's happening is that those souls who are close to achieving, say, harvestable um, energy, have harvestable um, conditioning, they were given priority to start coming here. So I would say, um, and this makes sense, you know, we talked about this again in one of the sessions, out of the top of my head, I don't remember. If I do remember and I check it out, I'll put it in, uh, in one of the comments. But in any case, uh, that's uh, that's what's happening here, and that's what they're saying. By seniority, they were incarnating here. So these souls came uh, with uh, some previous knowledge and more understanding of the nature of this reality. So because of that, they were giving given the opportunity, and not they were not uh, incarnating here more for the lesser of the learned teachings of those less aware of the process. So they were here to. Uh, to get that last bit of knowledge or understanding or just experience itself to ascend and not so much to give information to other people who were not that aware of the process. So it's almost like, and I hate to use this word, but it was a refining process of incarnative uh, choices from the souls that were coming here. And like I said, it makes sense from the perspective of the soul group that would give priority to those who know that can come here in the last couple of uh, years of this cycle to try and be harvestable, uh, as opposed to those who knew that they had to repeat the cycle. So that's, um, and of course, this was their signal to enable communication to take place in the way that they did with Wanderers and so on. We're gonna talk about one of them here, which is kind of a strange and weird case, but um, I'm not gonna give any spoilers. Let's go on with the rest of the answer that Ra has. And they say, the wanderers which came among you began to make themselves felt at approximately this time. Firstly, offering ideas or thoughts containing the distortions of free will. This was the prerequisite for further wanderers which had information of a more specific nature to offer. The thought must precede the action. So, again, these wanderers uh, began themselves to they were coming here and they were offering ideas and thoughts containing the distortion of free will, which is, as we have known, uh, the changes in society that we've had for the past 200 years and in, in terms of our societal arrangements and um, the revolutions themselves, all these kind of stuff that started happening coming out from the, um, uh, the oppression of the empire, say. So a lot of changes were happening then, and this was to give a lot more, as we can see, uh, or the intent was. Of course, you know the negative entities have always been mischievous, and anything that the the Confederation does, they they have to balance with their negativity. And of course, our very susceptible society to hierarchical processes, um, they well, we have this world now. So <laughs> we're still in this. I wouldn't call it battle. I I don't like the word the the word battle. Uh, I would call it more of a dance between the positive and the negative and how the positive influences and the negative just kind of, you know, turns it around. We keep, you know, going into this uh, this wavy form. I, I, I prefer to see it this way. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, 
it's, it's much more uh, wholesome. <laughs> but that's again my, my hippie mentality. So yeah, this was a prerequisite for Wanderers which had information of a more specific nature to offer, clearly. And then the thought must precede the action, which you know, the thought was uh, sensitive and sensible in the Wanderers mind or your Wanderers mind, because if you're listening to this, chances are you're a Wanderer. So thank you for watching. All right, so let's go to the next question where Don says, wondering if the one Abraham Lincoln have could have possibly been a wanderer. Surprise, surprise. Ra says, this is incorrect. This entity was a normal, shall we say, earth being which chose to leave the vehicle and allow an entity to use it on a permanent basis. This is relatively rare compared to the phenomenon of wanderers. You would do better considering the incarnations of wanderers just uh, such as the one known as Thomas or Thomas and the one known as Benjamin. Okay, I wish I had more information about this rare thing that Rice explained that happened with Lincoln. So, uh, Lincoln actually left his body and allowed a fourth, um, oh, a spoiler, big spoiler, all right, a fourth density entity to come into. Uh, into him. We're gonna get more info into this, but just to set the stage, this is what they're saying it happened. Lincoln's uh, soul kind of left, and then it was embodied by a fourth density being. Let's go more into that. Don says, I'm assuming you meant Thomas Edison and Benjamin Franklin. And Ross says, this is incorrect. We were intending to convey the sound vibration complex, Thomas Jefferson, the other Correct. All right. Uh, really quick note here. Uh, Ra mentioned those because Don originally asked if Lincoln was a wanderer, and Ra said, "No, you should consider uh, Thomas Jefferson and uh, Benjamin Franklin." So those are the two that were wanderers. But now Don is going to ask the question that we all want to know, following Lincoln's depossession. Don says, "Thank you. Can you tell me where the entity that used Lincoln?" Abraham's body, what density he came from and where. All right, I spoiled this already. This entity was fourth vibration. And then Don says, I am assume, I assume positive. They say that is correct. And was his assassination in any way influenced by Orion or any other negative force? And they say this is correct. So again, um, we don't know much in this session, but I can tell you from other session, I forgot which number they talk again, I think it's 35, 36, might be off, uh, where they talk about Lincoln again. And there was a, uh, they explain better the process there, and we're gonna get to that eventually. It's only uh, a couple of sessions away, so uh, don't fret. You can go and read the material if you want uh, to get more explicit information on that. But yet, apparently Lincoln's body or soul left the body and allowed this positive entity to, um, to embody him. This was done, again, you can read in the material, I believe it was 1853. I'm not very familiar with Lincoln's biography, but I know this was the time where he was getting ready uh, to join the Republican Party and so on. Like I said, not big on history in that regard with the Founding Fathers, but uh, you can find some more information if you want. I know it was 1853 where they say this happened, and that's um, 
that's basically it. Now, um, again, we're going to cover this in later material with the session, the corresponding session, which I tend to forget. All right, so this is all we got for this part of session 26. And in session, uh, part two of session 26, where we're going to cover and wrap up this uh, intention that Don had with the first book and also finish up with a couple of things that were uh, switched around there. We're going to talk about that. Uh, in the next video, of course, and uh, it's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the nuclear bombing and all that stuff. Now, conclusions are something very important that I actually would love to go back to and it had to do with um, when they say that um, this would be, this is, and this is the, the most practical conclusion that I would love to share with you guys with the material that we read today because it's fascinating to me how there are so many things that we can learn and pick from this material that is helpful for us and our ways to live here with um, a philosophy. Well, remember, you're listening to a philosopher here, so, or somebody who likes to philosophize about things, rather. Um, I don't like the titles themselves. But in, in this case, uh, when they're talking about reading the material, accepting the material, or just absorbing any sort of information and having our own discernment. That's what they're talking about. We are obsessed with getting the right information, the true of the matter. Uh, these things are very uh, conventional science, you know, our, our way of thinking in that we need to find the fundamental particle of the universe we need to find the ultimate reality. We need to find whatever. There is no uh, ultimate truth or anything. This is within the constraints of thinking that we are alone in this universe, that we are uh, the most, the maximum expression, or we are the, this, this awakened sentient being that is looking for conquering space and time and all this stuff. Well, if you think that way, then yes, you're going to follow this line of thinking where you believe there is one way of interpreting things. And it's a good footnote here to say that my interpretation is definitely not final or ultimate. I would be contradicting myself really bad here. But um, my way of seeing this is that when we, uh, when we see material, and this goes back to the question uh, 26.8, where they were talking about the Bible itself and how much it was percentage uh, negative or influenced by the Orion group and so on. We don't need to know that. We don't have to know what percentage it's going to influence us. And it's better for us to just absorb the material and uh, just have our own discernment, whatever we believe. Uh, there is one thing that I will probably talk about in the future, which is the solar flash. And I keep getting these questions in the comments about the solar flash in both channels, my Spanish channel and this one, I hear about the solar flash. And um, they, I'll have my own opinion uh, in, in due time, um, but there, there is this idea, you know, there's going to happen a solar flash because some information has been uh, transmitted about a possible solar event that will transform everything. And, um, you know, this, the information is out there, you know, anybody can read and, you know, have their own opinions. But I'll tell you something, just for your own discernment, which I'll, without giving my, my own opinion on it. When you read something and it resonates with you, it doesn't matter if the rest of the world thinks otherwise. It's what you feel. 
If you feel it's right, it's right for you. Um, if there is some sort of um, negative feeling that comes to you, some fe feeling of fear or despair or doom scenario or that kind of stuff, that seems to be the signature of negative entities or the Orion group um, influencing us or creating that idea. So it's your own heart telling you, probably not the right thing for you, not the right, right thing in the universe, in the cosmos, the creator's rightfulness, <laughs> nothing to do with that, uh, but for you. And there's a reason you have your own independent way of seeing things because you have your own path of awakening, very different from mine, anybody else. So I think that's very important. Discernment is the key word here. So with that, I'm coming to the end of my conclusion and the end of this part one of session 26. Again, tune in for part two of session 26, where we're gonna cover that part of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the nuclear bombing and something that the Confederation did, which is amazing, the type of work that they do uh, in giving our own infant uh, mentality of destroying ourselves. So that's gonna be pretty cool. All right. With that, I leave you. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you liked it. Dislike if you disliked it. Doesn't matter. Just express yourself. Be yourself. And I'll see you in part two. Thank you.